This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome to Healthy Versus Toxic, the podcast where licensed mental health professionals explore what makes a relationship healthy or unhealthy or even abusive, all from a scientifically informed perspective. Hello, this is Dr. Grande. Today's question asks if I can talk about the cognitive and affective empathy with all 10 of the personality disorders we see in the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual, the DSM. So I'll start out here by explaining what empathy is. So we see empathy is really an interesting construct that has a number of parts to it. Most research breaks empathy down into two main components, as I mentioned, cognitive and affective. Cognitive empathy, which is also referred to as theory of mind, is a person's ability to understand the mental states of other people by looking at those people's behaviors, including facial expressions. So essentially, how well can somebody figure out what another person is thinking? Affective empathy is somebody's emotional reaction to another person's affective state. So to use a person A, person B scenario here, if person A sees person B crying, and the reason for that crying is determined by person A to be based on person B's sadness, does person A emotionally express a congruent response? For example, appearing to be sad as opposed to an incongruent response like laughing or expressing anger. So as we can see, the way these two types of empathy are conceptualized, somebody more or less has to have cognitive empathy in order to have accurate affective empathy because their affective response was based on the fact that they figured out what somebody else was feeling. So I found this interesting study that actually examined empathy with all 10 of the personality disorders. Now, this study actually measured cognitive and affective empathy using a few different instruments, including three subscales from one of those instruments. On the cognitive side, they used an instrument called the reading the mind in the eyes test. A person taking this test tries to deduce emotions and intention just by looking at a pair of eyes. The remaining measures from empathy were all subscales of one instrument, the Interpersonal Reactivity Index, also known as the IRI. For cognitive empathy, we see a subscale called perspective taking. This subscale measures an individual's subjective ability to understand another person's perspective. For the affective side, for affective empathy, we see the empathic concern subscale was used. This subscale detects the willingness to feel concern and compassion for others. Affective empathy was also measured with a subscale called personal distress, 
and this measures a person's self-oriented negative feelings in reaction to other people's emotional expressions. Interestingly, with this subscale, a high score would mean that somebody had more affective empathy. But again, we're talking about negative feelings. So essentially, this is looking at the downside of affective empathy, an inaccurate affective empathy, a destructive expression of empathy, not a healthy expression. Somebody here struggles coping with their reactions to other people. So to sum up these measures, we see two measures of cognitive empathy, reading the mind and the eyes and perspective taking, and two measures of affective empathy, empathic concern, and personal distress. So before I get to the results of the study, I want to quickly go over the 10 personality disorders. In the DSM, these disorders are divided into three clusters, A, B, and C. Cluster A is the odd eccentric cluster. We see three personality disorders in this cluster, paranoid, schizoid, and schizotypal. With paranoid personality disorder, we see a pervasive pattern of distrust and hostility. With schizoid, a tendency to be unresponsive to social dimensions. Sometimes people with this disorder are characterized as being a loner. And schizotypal, we see odd thinking and magical beliefs. Most people believe that this cluster is typified by a deficit in both cognitive and affective empathy. Moving to cluster B personality disorders, this is the erratic dramatic cluster. We see four personality disorders in this cluster, antisocial, borderline, narcissistic, and histrionic. With antisocial, we see criminality, irresponsibility, and impulsivity. With borderline, a fear of abandonment and relationship difficulties. Narcissistic, a grandiose sense of self-importance, arrogance, and a sense of entitlement. And histrionic, we see attention-seeking and being provocative. Just as was the case with cluster A personality disorders, most people think of cluster B personality disorders as being typified by a global deficit in empathy. That leaves us with cluster C. This is the anxious, fearful cluster. We see three disorders here, avoidant, dependent, and obsessive-compulsive. With avoidant, we see someone who is not engaging in social situations out of a fear of humiliation and rejection. With dependent, we see someone who's over-relying on someone else for support. And with obsessive-compulsive, we see perfectionism and a rigid adherence to rules. I think the common perception of cluster C is a little bit different than what we see with cluster A and B. I think most people would view these disorders as being typified by some deficits in cognitive and affective empathy, but not as pronounced as what we would see with the rest of the personality disorders. So now let's take a look at the results for these different types of empathy across all 10 personality disorders. On the cognitive empathy side, we see with the reading, the mind and the eyes, and the perspective taking, neither one of these were significantly related to any personality disorder. But we do see differences between the personality disorders. Avoidant, obsessive compulsive, and histrionic had the highest reading, the mind and the eyes test scores. Schizoid, antisocial, and borderline had the lowest scores. Now with the other measure of cognitive empathy, perspective taking, there was really barely any difference between any of the personality disorders. All of the disorders except for schizotypal did have a negative relationship, but again, not statistically significant. So overall, with cognitive empathy, an individual with a personality disorder essentially has the same level of cognitive empathy as someone without a personality disorder. It doesn't surprise me that some of the personality disorders would be characterized by normal levels of cognitive empathy, but it does surprise me that all of them 
can be characterized this way. Prior research showed this absence of a relationship with narcissistic personality disorder, so no deficit in cognitive empathy. But other research showed that borderline personality disorder was associated with a lack of cognitive empathy. I was the most surprised by the findings regarding cluster A. We consider these disorders to be on a continuum with schizophrenia, and we know that schizophrenia is characterized by a lack of cognitive empathy. So it makes sense that the cluster A personality disorders would have some limitations in this area. But again, that's not the finding. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So that was cognitive empathy, but what about affective empathy? So looking at empathic concern, again, this is one's willingness to feel concern and compassion for others. Here we see five of the 10 personality disorders were statistically significantly negatively associated. Schizoid, narcissistic, antisocial, avoidant, and paranoid. All five of these associations were fairly similar, which of course leaves dependent borderline, histrionic, obsessive-compulsive, and schizotypal as having no relationship with empathic concern, meaning this facet of affective empathy is intact for those personality disorders. This is an interesting finding. The low empathic concern makes sense for antisocial, narcissistic, paranoid, and schizoid personality disorders, as those disorders are associated with distrust, coldness, detachment, and callousness. But avoidant personality disorders association with low empathic concern is a little bit unexpected, although this disorder has been associated with aloofness. So the individual is somewhat disconnected from what's going on around them. So that may explain the result here. The other surprising finding here is that schizotypal is associated with the same level of empathic concern as what we would see in the general population. If empathic concern is compromised for paranoid and schizoid, one would think it would be compromised for schizotypal as well. This leaves us with the last measure for affective empathy, personal distress. Remember, this subscale deals with negative feelings in reaction to seeing someone else's emotional expression. Eight of the 10 personality disorders had a statistically significant positive relationship with personal distress. Only two did not, narcissistic and antisocial. Avoidant, dependent, and borderline had the highest levels of personal distress with avoidant really standing out with a high score. So with narcissistic personality disorder and antisocial personality disorder, someone's really not gonna react strongly when they see other people displaying emotions. This isn't a surprising finding. It would also be expected that we would see a strong reaction with avoidant, dependent, borderline, histrionic, and paranoid personality disorders. 
What is surprising with this finding would be the strong positive relationship with schizoid, schizotypal, and obsessive-compulsive personality disorders. There is a detachment characteristic with these disorders that seems to be inconsistent with high personal distress. So this finding is really quite interesting. So to sum up all these findings, personality disorders are not really related to cognitive empathy. In terms of empathic concern, half of the personality disorders are related to a deficit here, but the other half are not. And in terms of personal distress, 8 out of 10 show a strong positive association. Every personality disorder had either a deficit with empathic concern or a positive relationship with personal distress. Avoidant, paranoid, and schizoid had both relationships. So this study had a lot of interesting information about personality, pathology, and empathy. Some of the results, not surprising, but other results really stood out, right? I really had to think about these results and how they could fit in with what I've seen in clinical experience. Now, of course, as with all research literature, there is a degree of error with these types of findings. So we can't look at a site like this and say, this is absolutely the relationship to expect with each personality disorder. But still, we saw a fairly large sample size and several measures of empathy in this study. So I would believe that it would probably be fairly accurate. Even still, of course, this stresses the need for continued research in the area of personality pathology and empathy. Thanks for listening. This has been a production of Ars Longa Media. The producers for this show are Christopher Breidigan and Madison Linden. The executive producer is Dr. Patrick Beeman. For more content, please visit our website at arslanga.media. To leave feedback or suggestions, send an email to info at arslanga.media. To find more content from Dr. Grande, including a link to his YouTube channel and his other Ars Longa podcasts, visit our website at arslanga.media. This podcast is intended for informational purposes only and should not be construed as medical or mental health advice. Ars Longa, Vita Brevis. Hi there, I'm Heather Drago. And I'm Sarah Saunders. We host the podcast, That's a Hard No, about saying no and setting boundaries. So you can become that true and empowered you that this world needs. Saying no isn't just okay. It's the key to living an authentic, fulfilling life. I'm a licensed professional clinical counselor. So while this podcast is in no way a replacement for one-on-one therapy, I suppose I know what I'm talking about. I'd say so. We talk about learning to say no and set healthy boundaries and how it impacts mental health, physical health, relationships, parenthood, and more. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and visit our website, hardnopodcast.com. We're here to help you find your no and say it unapologetically. That's a hard note.